You're listening to the newest podcast from Radii China. Here we're going to talk to guests of different backgrounds from various industries, each with their own story, in the hope of challenging some of our own perspectives by hearing things from another angle. I'm Wes Chen, and you're listening to China from All Angles. As a survival thing, you just befriend all the Asian kids first. It's almost like I'm living an Asian life in America. No, nothing against that. I just like, I should just embrace what's around me more. So I started befriending more, you know, other color skin people, and then I should embrace everything around me. And then I grew. I think that's when the third culture thing kicked in. In my point of view, if you're seeking a apology, you're still giving them the power because you're waiting for them to turn around and agree with you. As long as you're true to yourself and then you're doing what you want to do, that is more important to me. Instead of where you're from, like, as in that certain thing, if you have a certain passport, or whatever that adds to your value, that doesn't matter to me. You know, it should be who are you as a person and what are you doing. There's not much difference. That that bridge is shorter and shorter now. Like you don't have to walk as far. You know, it's closing. The two worlds are merging together through the beautiful side of internet. China from all angles is brought to you by East West Bank, the premier financial bridge between the U.S. and China. East West Bank offers unparalleled services for individuals and companies who build connections between the two countries. East West Bank, bridging cultures, bridging opportunities, bridging dreams. For more info, visit eastwestbank.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Today's China from All Angles guest grew up and has lived in places all over the world, from China to the U.S. to Denmark and even South Africa. She was the first person to introduce the phrase "third culture kids" to me, and she's also the editor in chief of ID China. Today's guest is Chouza. She also goes by QZ. I always have a good time when I talk to her, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as well. Are my levels okay? <laughs> There's levels to this, Childa. <laughs> yeah. So, third culture kids. Yeah. I actually heard this term the first time from you. Yeah, but it's like a long. It, it came around long before I did. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I've actually since you brought this term up to me, I've actually heard other people use it as well. Yeah. But. The last time we did our thing, we—that's the first time I actually heard this term, and, and you had to explain it to me at that time. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people don't understand. It's not like how many cultures you encounter, like fifth or fourteen different cultures. It's more like basically you have your roots culture, like your parents and stuff, and there's where you're from. But then, if you don't fit into either of those, you create your own. That's your third one, your, right, your right, own right, personal right. one. So that's. I think it's fucking beautiful. It's like, you know, everybody has a hard time fitting in, especially people like us. You know, we live abroad, we think a certain way, but we we're also Chinese, but we don't think we also think like Chinese, but not a hundred percent. So you have to make your own. You know, you have to find your community, and then you have to kind of bridge the two. All right, let's go back. Okay, okay. you were. Born where? Because I know you lived a lot of places. Yeah, I live. I was born in Hong Kong. Okay. And I went to Guangzhou for a few years before I moved to the states when I was like twelve. So you spent elementary school actually in China. 
a, a year. A yeah. year. It was a big difference. <laughs> I think this is an educational system is very different from place to place. So like, like maybe like what first second grade you were in China, and then no, I was I was in China for uh, fifth grade going on sixth grade. Oh okay yeah, okay. Yeah. And then I went to the states afterwards. Okay yeah. to Houston right? Yes. Okay, <laughs> and then you stayed in Houston or in the states for. Until the, like college, I I bounced around in the states too. Like I lived in L.A., you know, I lived in New York, and you know, all this place. I even went to. Um, I told you this last time, but like I even lived in Virginia because my mom thought like, mm, you know, like Tiger Mom, you need discipline, so I'm gonna send you to this military school. Wow. In Virginia, it did nothing. It did nothing for me, <laughs> like because she sent me because she she's one of those like oh let's send you to like a fancy military school, but those are for problem kids, you know like when I got there people were like what'd you do what'd you oh, do right, to get right. here and you made more like, bad friends yeah I know like <laughs> all the all the people were like oh I robbed some stores and you know like I'm trying to get over my like drug addiction when they're like 16 and stuff and everyone looked at me I'm like. Oh no! My mom just thought I should be more disciplined, <laughs> but then it turns out, yeah, like you said, you make more bad friends than anything. So when you went to the states as like a fourth grader, fifth grader, did you get put in ESL or you yeah. spoke English? Yeah, you had to. Like I think it's like one of those given things. Even though by then I I already have my passport and everything, but you know English wasn't my first language. I wasn't used to it. And then as a survival thing, you just befriend all the Asian kids first, especially like、mm-hmm. the the Chinese, the Taiwanese, and the, all the Nis. You know all those, and then you start migrating to like Japanese, Korean people. You know, like yeah. So there are a lot of Asian kids, but like I feel after I got into high school, then I was like, okay, this it, this feels a little like redundant. Almost, it's almost like I'm living an Asian life in America. Right. It's it's not bad or anything. Like not nothing against that. I just like. I should just embrace what's around me more.、Right. So I started befriending more, you know, other color skin people,、right. and then you know, open a whole bunch of stuff. I think that's when the third culture thing kicked in. Where I'm like, okay, I I live in America now,、mm-hmm. and then I should embrace everything around me. And then I grew, you know, start listening to different music, you know, introduced to different things, you know, and then you grow up in that journey by yourself because. I feel like the the other color skin, you know, there's different, you know, Hispanic and African Americans and all of that. They have their own culture, their own ways too. But being a Chinese person myself, you know, you you see, you get inrooted into into their lives, but then you're still Chinese. You see it differently than they do. Right, right. So that's when the third culture bloom. You know, you have to kind of just okay, I'm I can do this. I can also do that, you know. So you kind of just create your own. And it's also different from me because I was born in America. Yeah, I went to Taiwan for a summer or something when I was in like in fifth or sixth grade. But I never lived in、uh, Asia. Yeah, I was born and raised in America. But then I knew obviously that my parents don't speak perfect English. You know what I mean? So it's definitely different, being that you were born. And you already went to school in China, and then went to the states. It's kind of good, I guess, that Houston is more diverse. I mean, at the time that I went, okay, people think Texas is super redneck. It is 
to a certain extent. But Houston is pretty diverse. Yeah, right? Houston is pretty, pretty, yeah, diverse, like you said, you know. And Houston is like it's kind of like L.A. Right. You know, big, big highways, a lot of traffic, and a lot of money. They have oil, you know, like all of that. You know, Dallas is more like real like redneck country. <laughs> right. But so that I mean, the fact that Houston was diverse probably. Was good for you in the fact that you wouldn't get bullied as much for being foreign, or did you also get? I some think of the that? form of bullying that I got wasn't really like in those movies, uh-huh. or you know, no one shoves you into a you know like a locker or anything. Right. But I definitely has some. I think that kind of bullying is just like stupid but I think people go through it like people make fun of the way I dress right? because I was like wearing platform shoes and things that just American people wasn't wearing right? and then they don't understand so they mock they don't understand and you know I remember vividly there was one time um, I was in this middle school and then this guy he's Hispanic um, and he they, I see them laughing and pointing at me and I was just like whatever let me get through this class and I can go to the next one and he came down and kneeled down to my desk you know around mm-hmm. me and say um, why are you wearing leg warmers I'm like no they're just big socks you know and then you know those things when you're like back in those times right and then um, he was like would you go out with me I'm like no like what are you talking about and then they started to bust out laughing I knew what they were doing and then the one thing I had a I I I still think till this day is like a culture differences is I looked at the teacher mm-hmm. and she does nothing. She sees this happening. And I was like, you know, if you were in China, the teacher would just shut you up. Like, right. what are you doing? Don't right. do that. Go back to your seat. Like, you know, as in discipline. But America don't do that. The teachers don't have either they don't care or they don't have the, I guess, the right or the initiative to stop those things um so that was like really i i was like aren't you gonna do something right right you know and then she didn't so i started cussing at him and she's like stop cussing i'm like oh you're gonna put me in trouble when he's like being mean right so i think from then on i understand a little bit more okay i have to fend for myself a little bit then you have to as asian people not just chinese i think as asian people we tend to be more timid and more unconfrontational mm-hmm. You know, that's what we've been taught, our culture. And, you know, to avoid any fights, it would be good. But from that little encounter that I had, I realized, like, you know what? When when people do something to you, you just have to... The worst thing is they he hits me. Right. Then he's in the wrong. Then I can actually do something about it. But I can say all the shit I want. Right. I can say whatever it is I want. But, you know, you don't have to be hurtful. Just, like, back the fuck off, you know? Bye. Um, but then there were times and I got to high school it got a little weird because I remember there was this something happened with the military or whatever it is and then my white teacher history teacher was looking at me while he was saying like oh you know I forgot what it was but I remember he said you know hi, uh, China wanted to hijack our technology to study our military and stuff I'm like and I just looked at him. He was looking right at me when he said that. Right, as if you represent the Chinese government or like... Yeah, whatever that I embody that he sees in me. Uh-huh. I'm, and I looked at him and the first thing that I popped into my head was like, it was a private school. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like public school. 
even if it was a public school, it still applies. I'm like, I pay your salary. Right. Can you check yourself? Like, don't say shit like that to me, please. And then I just looked at him and I, I, I summed up a lot because, you know, we Chinese people, you can't back talk to teachers, you know, you can't. But I summed up all my courage and I was like, you know, all of that stuff that you talk about is probably made in China already. So... Yeah, so that's the other thing that I was thinking when you were saying the first thing that happened to you where the teacher did nothing. Yeah. I was thinking maybe the teacher feels a type of way themselves, which is why they don't get involved. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the teacher might have some issues themselves. Yeah. You yeah. know, so that's another reason why that might happen. And the other thing, uh, you said that this kid was a Hispanic kid because I, I remember when I was young and like I was out with my family, we were going to... Uh, we were like walking into this pizza place, mm-hmm. right? And we were speaking Chinese, you know, because it was just among our family, right? And these Hispanic kids walk by and then they're like mocking us how we speak. And I'm thinking, you guys are Hispanic. Like, what are you mocking us for? You know, like my English is probably even better than yours. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. So that that that's you know I I totally understand. That is something I called it like I don't know. There's a term for it, but I have to look it up. But I don't know what it was, especially after COVID. You know how, um, you know, you see on the internet after like fully when COVID started exploding in the states. You know, um, there are a lot of aside from Caucasian people, you see a lot of other color people, different color, not colored. Right. 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 Um, you know, different ethnicity people attacking Asians. Mm-hmm. It's not verbally attacking. We're talking about physical right. attack. And, you know, the first thing that all my friends will say, like, you see a African-American person or Hispanic person attacking an Asian person because they're like, oh, you brought COVID here or whatever. I'm like, you should know more than anybody what how that feels. feels. Like. Yeah. You, sh- you, with all this, you know, George Floyd stuff, that protesting and stuff, you turn around and he does what a white person does. How is that right? How is that even, how are we supposed as a community, Asian community, support you guys to fight against injustice and racial injustice, especially when you practice the same fucking bullshit as the person you're trying to protest against? So I'm like, I was really sad, but you know, like, I realize it. You know, like you said, I lived in so many different places in the world. I think in in conjunction of all the different cultures and, you know, how even in the same row, if you, like, li- live next door to another person, you guys teach the teaching, the educational stuff. You guys will have completely different worldviews and all of that. So I've, I kind of find it just, like, don't get too upset about stuff like that because there are ignorant people everywhere. We're, we're, Regardless of their color, their education, their whatever, if they have money or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna be ignorant if they're gonna be ignorant, you know? Because we have smartphones. I think even my Ayi, like the cleaning lady I have, have a full. I I helped her set up the other day. She has an iPhone 12. Wow. <laughs> like you know, like her son spoils her. But all I'm saying is nowadays, I think most people will have smartphones. Not everyone, obviously, but like majority of us and google is out there even with as much false information as out there right now you can still choose to educate yourself Mm -hmm. but it's not not people spend time trying to be fucking influencers and stuff what are you influencing right please so i'm like you know 
I find it lack of excuse, but I do understand. So I don't get super upset, but I still I get frustrated when people don't utilize the tools at your disposal for better. But you know, human nature is always that way. Yeah, I was talking to someone last night who didn't grow up in the states.、Uh-huh. Uh, maybe spent a little bit of time there. She's Caucasian in the sense that we would think that、uh, you know、uh, a, a white person, right? But she's from Belarus,、uh-huh. right? But then, like she said, she was telling me how in Belarus, because I think she's ethnically Slavic or something. Okay. So like her her hair is brown, her eyes are brown. But I guess I don't know what she said. Where she grew up, she was considered a minority. But when I look at her, I'm like, you're a white girl, right? Of course, it's. Not fair, also to say you know all, all all white people are the same or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But what she didn't understand, right? And like she was, and she was trying to understand. She was asking me about what it was like in in America, right?、Mm-hmm. And what I explained to her, which is you know kind of to the example of us being treated a certain way, even by other minorities like Hispanic people or African Americans in America. You can be fresh in America from Russia,、mm-hmm. but you can blend right in. Yeah. As opposed to someone who looks like us could have been born and raised in America. Yeah. But when someone first looks at you, they always think you're other. Yeah. Still. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like. That doesn't. And then she finally got it. She's like, oh. That also applies not just like Caucasians. I feel like even African American. Yeah, and Hispanic. And Hispanics. Yeah. Yeah. On the hierarchy of that that shit, we're not even registering on the radar. Asians, for some reason, will always be considered very other or foreign. Yeah. In、uh, in Western societies. I don't know if it's like patriarchy or like actually propaganda. Whatever it is, now the the premise has set. Like we are others. Now more than ever. Yeah. Even. But I feel I honestly feel like、um, the other day I I have friends in New York. You know they're Asian Chinese. They're doing really well. You know、uh, fashion designers and stuff. They face a lot of this kind of problem a lot. You know they always think oh Chinese design you here to steal my design and stuff.、And、you're like come on, like you guys don't steal nothing. At least we're trying to be authentic and you're not giving me a chance. All that bullshit. But like I think. Um, she and I, like this particular friend of mine, she she and I, we talked about you know how like in the George Floyd protests, you know the Black Lives Matter thing、mm-hmm. was happening at the peak of it.、Um, we talked about how you know Asians are getting attacked and no one's really giving a shit about it. You know, while you know black people are getting so much momentum on their on their movement and stuff, but you know I told her first of all, there's no movement for us. As a community ourselves, we don't have a movement. Right. We can't even get our shit together to unite and speak. That's one of the thing. And second of all, like if you, for any other race, whatever race or whatever political point of view you have against another person, if you seeking, in my point of view, if you seeking、uh, apology, you're still giving them the power because、mm-hmm. you're waiting for them to turn around、mm-hmm. and agree with you,、mm-hmm. which you're still kind of seeking. That power and that that their approval. Yeah, or, yeah. so I'm like, fuck it, no, get the fuck out of the way. Let me do my thing and you do your thing. Because to to waste time to to do that to seek approval and to be understood and waste all that time. Yes, there are necessary movement where we need to do that, but on our, you know, you and I daily basis, I I feel like 
doing that, it's a lack of you're not using your resources right basically you have to kind of like just I want to do this I want to do it better I want to do it better than anybody else let me just do that instead of waiting like does this person approve think I'm cool whatever just fucking do your thing Mm -hmm. you know you should just do that and your journey will teach you rather you seek approval or not because sooner or later you need your own approval stop looking at other people right right you know, even your closest friends, they will support you regardless. They're biased. But and I think the journey will teach you where you need to go. And, of course, I'm speaking this in a term like we're not getting shot dead on the street and all of that. And it's just I can only worry so much. I worry. I do care. But I can only worry so much when... A worrying will only do so much. Yeah, right? but like, and and like I said, you know, me worrying doesn't contribute to anything. Exactly. And also, while you are getting attacked, you're attacking me too. So I'm just gonna be like, you guys do that. Let me do my thing. Yeah. So speaking of your journey, you not just lived in America. You also lived. I lived in South Africa and lived in Denmark, and then I also lived in Hong Kong back home and all of this. So South Africa and Denmark, this is after college? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like really different because, you know, Denmark is a place where you, it's like so unfamiliar. And not very diverse compared to America. No, no, no. It's like really, really white. Right, but I also feel like it's, even though it's, not diverse I can imagine still it's like a different vibe than it is in America like just because America's diverse doesn't necessarily mean it's good accepting yeah 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 yeah. I feel I feel like because I only lived there for like a year for Denmark I was there for internship um, the people I encounter are pretty cool but I do see you know some bullshit everywhere even in China we have that kind of bullshit right right but I I think they're more simple people. You know, the one thing that was really funny is, you know, I remember a new phone, iPhone was launching. Mm-hmm. No one was lining up. No, nothing <laughs> was. Uh, people were just like, oh, a new phone was launching. Well, I'll get it when I get it. You know, like their lifestyle is really. It's not very consumerism. No. They're more about chill and have a, have a, the quality time that they carve out for themselves is kind of real. Mm. That should really open my eyes. Like, just because you're not doing anything, you're like you're chilling, is not actual chill. It's not like wasting time. It That's it. wasting time. You're sitting on the couch and you're not doing anything. That's wasting time. Like, you should embrace your day. Like, if you have a day off, do something. Do something that makes you happy. Whatever that is, just don't do nothing. Right. And then even if you just like to get a tan, go out and get a tan, you know, like get sitting under the sun or you wanted to, you know, get really drunk, go get drunk, you know, like, you know, don't waste it, sit there and then do nothing. But, but their work style is too chill for me. It's like really chill. So I don't like, no. Okay. So I learned what I need to learn and I moved on and I went to South Africa. That was also. Also for work. Yeah, yeah. South Africa, I think, is a very different example than... It's diverse in a way that you don't understand, basically. (laughs) Not just is it diverse, it also has very recent history of racial tension. Yeah. It's a new country. It's a very new country. Right. So they must deal with this diversity also in another totally different way. 
yeah, completely different. And since when I got there, I was like, say what now? Like, what's happening? But like, I was a unicorn. I I can count on one hand how many Asian people, not Chinese, Asian people I've encountered there. Like for the three years I lived there, that's how little Asian people are. Like everyone looked at me like, whoa, <laughs> she looks like Chinese. You know, like everyone they didn't make fun of me or anything. They just like whoa. But meanwhile, they have their own thing going on. I mean, there's the for South Africa, there's a. Um, the official language has eleven different kinds, mm. as in like United States only have one, and right. China has one, and whatever they have eleven mm, mm, official mm. languages. That's crazy. That's an amount of different culture there is. Yeah, exactly. Just the official on paper, and there's many others. Uh, that must make a lot of things probably pretty slow to process as far as like efficiency. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes, yes. I'm not making fun of them, no, but no, the no, truth no. is like. Um, South Africa is one of the uh, it's the richest country in Africa. Mm-hmm. So and they have a lot of resources and oh my god, it is beautiful. Like it's actual beauty. You live in a screensaver. Mm. Like, of course, it comes with bugs and stuff. You know, of right, course. Right. But like, uh, I one time had a giant spider crawl in my house. That shit was so scary. <laughs> but um, but I feel like. The people are really pure there, also, you know. But because of the poverty and stuff, people do go to extreme to survive, which I can understand. I don't say it's bad because you know it's a circumstance of the environment. Yeah, you, it's a survival instinct. You know, when you don't have an education or understanding of the tiny world that you live in, you know, like what what can you do? People don't hire in restaurants as much. Also, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities, so you commit crimes and. It's not that I'm happy to participate. I I do understand. I got mugged a few times and broad daylight. You know, there's we were in a car. There are cars around us in broad daylight. A gun to your head through your window. Oh yeah, I've heard other people who've been there have actually experienced the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just give them what what they need, and they usually don't hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, or they don't even have a gun. You don't know, but you don't want to take that chance. You know, but. I understand. I don't get really mad. I get shocked, you know, aftershock. But like, you, I don't get really mad because I understand it's not like if they have a choice, they probably wouldn't do this. Right. How did your parents feel when you told them that you're going to South Africa? Well, the thing is, like, I I have a very uh, I don't have a typical Chinese relationship with my parents. I didn't even tell them where I, they didn't know I was in South Africa until the year I was leaving. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's fine. I I I feel like I really I don't have a um, good or it's not bad, but I don't have a good relationship with my parents. You know, they did that typical thing: let your grandparents raise you. I'm gonna go do that, and then I'll come pick you up later, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But my mom. Latchkey like, kid. Yeah, but you know, my mom is very um, a character. She's a character, so it's hard to get along sometimes. But all the stories I've told about her, everyone's like, "What is wrong with her?" I'm like, "Nothing. That's just the way she is." You know. Um, there's especially for immigrant Chinese immigrant mm-hmm. uh, parents in America. I feel like there's two main different types, right? Mm-hmm. One type wants their children to assimilate as quickly and as much as possible into American society, mm-hmm. and will. Do their best to speak English to their kids, just so that the kids will 
grow up as American as possible in the hope that they don't face discrimination or prejudice like when they're in school or looking for a job in the workplace environment. Mm -hmm. And then there's another type that the parents don't even try to learn to speak English, really. Mm -hmm. They keep the traditional Chinese stuff and they hold on really tight to that stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are... Yeah, the two main big categories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And would, so would you say that you fell into... That's the thing. I, I Like I said, I don't have a typical relationship with my mom. Like, Because um, I went to the States. A little sobbing backstory is I went to the States and I was only going there with my mom. She was already there. Like, my dad was elsewhere. Like, they got divorced, obviously. Bye. So that's it. That end of story on that part. But because she's so focused on her career, she always sent me off to different things by myself. So I didn't typically, like, grew up with her. So she was probably trying to assimilate herself. I think she was just trying to get the dime. Okay. Like, she was working really hard to get money because she associates money with success. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, most people do. So she was gunning after. She has her own ambition. So she did what she needed to do. And meanwhile, I kind of just like fall through the cracks a little bit. And so she's just like, well, you just grow up, you know, here. Here's some money. Go grow up, you know, like. So I don't have that typical, like, which I get to choose myself. Did I want to integrate in the American lifestyle or do I stay very right. Chinese? Right, right. I kind of did both. Like, on my own time, I still watch, you know, Chinese or Asian entertainment. But when I go out, you know, we go listen to, like, concerts and stuff. It will be different. I listen to different music. I can have both. Yeah. And it's, uh, again. It's, it's, yeah, it's very different because what you're asking is, like, what, what did your parents kind of guide you into? What direction? Yeah, well, some parents will uh, guide it. But I guess in, in your situation, you know, you, you had a lot of... Uh, choice yeah on your own or, yeah. or less guidance so that you know you weren't pushed really you just, yeah i was just, like stumbling on my own just to find my way i actually i'm pretty grateful I, I, that she did that like so i can find my own it's also interesting to me again because how we're kind of different in that like i said i was spent pretty much the first 20 years of my life in america mm -hmm. and i spent the last 20 years of my life in china so, again, to this conversation that I was having with this girl last night, she uh -huh. was asking me, so, do you identify more as Chinese or as American? And I, I was like, that's such a hard question it's to so answer. so hard, yeah. People ask me that all the time. Like, do you, because I have the passport. Right, if you want to say, yeah, what, term, if I'm filling on paper, out. Yeah, on paper, we're American. Exactly. But, you know, I, I it's such a hard question. I feel like... We're just modern global citizens. Yeah, and I had to kind of explain it to her as well. So it was like, and even between us, there's difference too. Because for me, so she was like, oh, okay, so you, you, then you identify more as Chinese. And I was actually had to explain to her, not really, because even though I'm here in China now and I spent the later half of my life in China, compared to a local person, the books they read when they were kids, the yeah. music they listened to, the TV they watched, the stories, the movies. I don't know any of that. Yeah. I know... And that shapes a person. Exactly. Yeah. I know, like, MTV. I know what happened in the Super Bowl in the 1990s. I know, you know, like, 
what was on TV in America then, what was going on. I know about, you know, Rodney King and the LA riots. I know about like American cultural stuff. Yeah. I have no context about a lot of Chinese cultural stuff. For example, this is the example I gave her. It's funny, but you're different because you actually spent probably like yeah first little bit yeah, yeah first little bit here so i was explaining to her so if you ask me what thanksgiving is about i can tell you very clearly and confidently it's about when the pilgrims arrived in america and then they didn't know how to survive so the native americans helped them and then that's what thanksgiving is about if you ask me what dragon boat festival is about yeah, I can't same. tell you. Like I can, I'm, or I can tell you, but I'm not confident about it at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, that's sort of like the identity crisis, or like you know how I, it's hard for me to answer that question. Yeah, it's like it's not even that. I think the what the third culture kid thing is so interesting is is doesn't just apply to us, like Asian or Chinese people. Because I remember ID did this um, video uh, about two years ago. It's just called Where You're From. And all the people they interview are like live in London and they have different ethnicity than the locals and stuff, but they were born there and they also have a really hard time answering that question. Mm. That simple question, not even like, what do you identify as? More of them, where are you from? Like, where the fuck are you from? You know, because I spent maybe 12 years in, in Asia and China and Hong Kong, but then I spent almost just as much, if not 15 years in the States and stuff. Like, if it's so hard, where, where do you where do you land? So I think that's why I thought the third culture kid thing is so important because you can have whatever you have as experience and you can belong in the community where we're all fucking confused. Yeah, you can say we have no home, but at the same time, you can say we have many homes. Yeah. yeah this and is a different way to look at it. Home is where your pillow is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, um, and I want to have that community where we, we, you know, bounce back this signal to each other where we're both having that same confusion. We get it. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. get it. We, right. I get you. Like, right. honestly. So, don't worry about it. I don't have to ask where you're from. I, it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter. As long as you being cool yourself, like, as a as what you're doing matters to you, that's what's cool to me. I don't care if you sell newspapers. That's what you do. You know, if you have a paper route in this day and age, that's like fucking baller <laughs> shit. You know, like, where'd you get that route? You know? So I feel like as long as you're true to yourself and then you're doing what you want to do, that is more important to me instead of where you're from. Like, as in that certain thing, if you have a certain passport, or whatever that adds to your value, that doesn't matter to me. Mm. You know, it should be who are you as a person and what are you doing? You know, as we grow into adulthood, as we're adulting, I think what we do do matter. It changes things in a very ripple kind of small way, but there are just things you don't, you know, butterfly thing, you know? Yeah, it's you, you're more what you do than where you're from, actually. Yeah, yeah. The, the where you're from and your education and your backgrounds, they do build you up in a certain way, but what you do with it matters. It really does, you know, like, you, you would think today, what we're talking about gets recorded and put it out to a void on the internet. Even just one person hear us and get some kind of idea, he or she or them, you know, think about, oh my God, what they're talking about really signifies with me and I should do something. That's good enough. You know, what we do matter and what every single person does matters, you know, so that's why I want to focus on that. Like, Okay, so let's talk about what you do. Okay. Um... <laughs> Was it 
always uh, your goal to get into fashion or media? Maybe this is also be- has to do with your parents because I know a lot of, especially in America, yeah. when kids graduate high school, they don't know, really know what they want to be when they grow up, but they have to choose a major. Yeah. And Asian parents or Chinese parents will push you into something that gets you a secure job. As, a, as, a, as an insurance, I think. As yeah, a, well, I mean, that's the only advice that they can give. Like, yeah, they, they don't just, really know what's... It's a more sure way to make sure you don't suffer. Right. So, did you choose your major with any influence from your parents? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Because I was also confused. You're asking a young person to choose a life path at that point. You, you're bound to do something you're not going to... You're going to pick something you're not going to do. Yeah, I think that happens more often than not. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's okay College is not about an actual education. Cause to me, like, do you remember shit? From the books. No, no, it's more, it's more about learning how to live on your own, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. your experience, right. and you're starting to, really, that's when you start to need to learn how to network. Like, the friends you make, and how do you encounter, how do you deal with people, how do you learn from them, and all of that. That's an experience, you know, even the parties and stuff. So I feel like... Um, at that point, I was definitely not a math or literature person. I did. I love reading because I, I feel like reading is more imaginative than movies. Mm-hmm. Like for Harry Potter, you read the books and it's completely different than the movies. Even the movies are good. But, you know, you can imagine your own stuff when you're reading it. Right. Words are powerful, you know. So I I took a creative writing class also like when I was fulfilling my major you know you have to have literature credits um, but I did pick photography because well, my grandparents um, you know I was born in the like, late 80s you know so like you know having a, ca- a ca- camera collection in my house that's pretty rare for even a Chinese person for any most people then it sounds like you actually chose stuff that you're actually using with what you do now yeah it did it, it came full circle for me almost I didn't think I wanted to um, basically do a set job like I was influenced by pop culture definitely you know cause you know back then you know Sex in the City was a whole thing you know now that you look at it it's so fucking well, not stupid, but like it's not, it, it didn't age well, basically. But um, I think having that kind of freedom and to be okay, I think I was lucky enough to feel like you are allowed to do what you love. And I never steered away from fashion. Like I, my, right out of college, I got an internship at different publications as an intern. You know, we all, this is an industry professional term. Are you ready? I did all the bitch work. Okay. <laughs> That's how they say it in the office. <laughs> yes. You know, like collecting receipts, you know, getting Starbucks, you know, all right, of that, right, right. you know, but you have to learn from there. Like it's your experiences. You, yes, bitch work. is like annoying, but in the process you do learn stuff. So you go from there and I bounced off a lot of different careers. I started doing creatives, you know, like not, not even like writing stuff. It's just like creative direction kind of thing. I wasn't a director, but I was learning. And then I also got into a lot of, you know, publication, but not as in media. I was in like uh, 
a, a com- small company where they do coffee table books. Mm. So I had to do a lot of research, you know, uh, and internet was just like really starting to bloom, you know, and it was, we were, the job I was doing for the book, it was just so easy to find cool things. Mm-hmm. And it was so, people wanted to get published versus now everyone's publishing their own stuff. Right. So it was really fun. And then I, um, I did a lot of different things, but it's all in that creative mm. industry, not even just necessarily fashion, you know? So, and then I came back and I started dabbling in business, you know, business development and stuff for fashion. So I understand more aspect of that industry, which is really good. I, I had a hard time because I'm not a business minded person originally, but I did get trained. Like I, I did. I kind of threw me in the I threw myself into the pool and be like swim bitch swim and then now and it just like ID just came at the right time in my life I I used to read ID you know in ID is a British publication right it's, you know so I whenever I see in the states I remember those covers I was like oh my god this is like the coolest magazine ever and then after I finished my interview with the with the team and everyone, and then they welcomed me to the team, I was like, I was sitting on a couch. I'm like, holy shit, can you believe it? Yeah, you're editor in chief of the magazine that you used to read as a child in China. Yeah, in China. I mean, yeah. And so um, it's such such a surreal moment. Till this day, I've been at this job for quite a while now, like a year, almost clo- close to two years. I still kind of pinch myself sometimes, like. Is this what I'm really doing? Oh my God. Even though, there, yes, there are things in there where you're like, this is not what I want to do, but it's a business. Right. You know, it's you part have of to, the job, the yeah. good and the bad, right? Yeah. But still, I just yesterday, I was like, oh man, why am I doing this? I should ask for more money. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to focus on, you know, you want to develop this market and sh- show the entire team, not, not just certain people, but mm-hmm. the entire environment that you know through my hard work there's a solid market here where we can do what id wants to do without compromising and turn out really good work you know and that takes you know because i am the editor so that all falls on me and i signed up for it i'm always preaching about like change and responsibility and you know that's a good editor that's okay. <laughs> you can you can do whatever other people is doing. I'm gonna do what I'm doing. So, how long know. has ID been in China? For well, they were here before uh, 2016, and then they thrived pretty well. And throughout like 2016, 17, 18, and early mid 19, and they took a break because I don't actually know what happened. It was just more of a, I think it was licensing or is that when Vice bought them out right at that? No, time? Li- uh, actually, Vice bought. I did back in 2012. Okay. So that was like a long time ago. So it was only in China that they took a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly what happened, so I don't want to say anything that's untrue. And then you joined when they decided to come back. Yeah. They were like, okay, we need to reestablish ourselves. You know, um, obviously, as any business person would know, China is really important. So uh, not that we... Not only we have the headcounts, you know, we have the viewership and stuff. China is just where the future is. I'm sorry. Guys, I'm so sorry. You don't have to apologize. Remember, no, no, no. you don't have to Let me finish my sentence. Your days are over. <laughs> We're going to take over and you can hate all you want. This is happening. So, like, you know, I, I do, 
I talked to my American friends when I say this. They were like, mm, I don't know about that. I'm like, you wait. But what I'm saying is, it the every continent has a thriving time. America has been thriving for quite a while now. Right. You know, and then you know, obviously, Korea has the entertainment aspect locked down. Like we we couldn't even help it. You, I'm pretty sure you touch, you saw like Squid Games and, and uh, what is it called? Who uh, like BTS? BTS won the know. American Music Awards I know, Best right? Artist That's of the so, Year. Like you know, I was so happy. I was like, oh my god, an Asian aspect in there you know and they're not even americans and it's american music awards i know you know the irony of that that's so nice that is very unexpected not just i mean it's not from american music awards aspect that they would do that yeah they because it's not based on voting right it's not like fan voting if it's fan voting then oh yeah i see how that happened yeah the army would take over but it's actually from like uh a committee these awards right so yeah so you can't be ignored so this is what i mean you know the asian it's time for us now we don't mean to take the spotlight off of you but you know just chill just chill for now we'll we'll take over for a little bit and then you can have it back when whenever you're ready You know, <laughs> um, so I feel like you know, ID came like, the second, the second phase. Uh-huh. I would say it's it came at the right time, and I feel because as China thrive, there's more underground culture that's being developed, and youth culture is like thriving here. Every we're preaching, like I said earlier, everything we do matters. So you know, you can see it literally in front of your eyes. You know, youth culture wasn't a thing here. Everyone was just a nerd, you know, like studying and following instructions. Nowadays, I see kids in like hip hop dancing class, and their parents are really supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, just do that, do whatever you want to. Just wanna, do you. Yeah, whatever makes you happy. You know, not forcing that whole you have to play piano or cello or whatever. That's although shit. those are still around too. But you you can see there's more. There's yeah, changing. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. changing now. Yeah. Like, I think the parents that are the younger parents now, they do see the value in your child's happiness. Mm-hmm. So what we do matters. It really does. And so so I feel like it came at ID came back in the right time when, you know, youth culture is thriving here. It's it's starting at a very unstable footing, but it's starting to because like I said, have the numbers, we have the volume and we have the stability of life here. You know, everyone's if you try hard, you can make a decent living. Right. Even as a young kid, you know, you can... And all the influencers and stuff, they, they do it differently, even though it's a flat, uh, saturated market for that. But, like, everyone's finding their footing, which is really f- super beautiful to look at, you know? So what I, I want to do is I don't want to do the flashing, like, super fancy. I don't want to host, like, super fancy dinners and stuff. That's... That's not us. That's not what ID does. ID is just a platform. We have all these eyes. We have all these creative uh, visions and stuff. We want to give our platform, especially me, to young people who wants to make a name for themselves. I'm going to not, I, I hate it when people say, I want to give you a chance. It's more like, if you're ready, let me know. I'll hand it over and then you can take that and make action. You know, I will give you the platform with all these eyes on us. And then, go go do stuff you know go do it we're here to support we're not kidding you know like i remember 
we had a I met a other few editors at an event, and then one of the editor he plays like instruments and stuff by himself. You know, he does that, but he also pays attention to what I do a lot because he feels like what I do is really interesting. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then for you know how Pride Month has become like such a commercial thing. You know, you have to be PC about it. You know, but. I think ID has been supportive of LGBTQ since like day one. It's like not even a question. So to show people that we really mean it, we really do mean what we say. I have consciously put out um, almost ninety to ninety-five percent of our content for June just for LGBTQ, and we have every month we have plenty. Like very subliminally, because I think LGBTQ people are like plus community. It's just normal people. They just, I don't see any difference. They just do what they do. I right. do what I do. You know. So we we do take action towards what we say. We don't we don't say it loudly and be like, hey, look at us and be like, no, this is what we do. You know. And then he saw it. He's like, oh my god, the amount of content you guys put out for that specific topic is crazy. I'm like. Well, we meant it. We mean it, and we will continue to mean it. You know, and it's not just—it's not a commercial thing. Nothing was paid for. We just—we're here. You know, we're here to support. And I want to build a community here where we are here for someone mm. with our direction, with our experience, and with our know-how to better other people and to know you're—we're here to to. Go with you on your journey, not as in if you're established, then here, take a cover for take a photo for right, a cover. Right, right, right. No, not not that. You're welcome to submit, you know, and to talk about it. I definitely have this super brave idea where ever we're gonna do a cover, we're gonna let a really young photographer that shot nothing, but I see potential in him to do one, to launch, to help him or her. Yeah. To to go off. I see potential in you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you do this, and make you feel like you're worth it. You're don't doubt yourself. Yeah, it's a totally different approach than to use the already most famous photographer with a picture of the most famous celebrity. It's like it's the exact opposite approach. Is yeah, like yeah, being being the trendsetter rather than following the trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when last time we spoke, you talked about when you also first got this job as editor of ID China. You told the global team mm -hmm. that you wanted equal representation of the ID China content in the ID global content. Yeah. So was that something that because you read ID as a child? Yeah. Was that something that you saw as a problem? With ID previously, with this publication previously, that there wasn't enough content about Asia or China specifically, or is that a trend that you see in a lot of these major publications that they will go to a certain country and have, let's say, ID China, ID Japan, or ID wherever, but they keep that content just there and it doesn't get opportunity to be seen in their in their biggest I think platform. It's both. Which is I think it's both and even more. Like I think. Um, the old school way of doing is I have a division elsewhere, regional, you know, like ID Japan or Korea or anything. But since I started to 
tell them like it's not the lack of representation it's there's no representation mm. it's not id it's not an id thing it's a global thing so all publications not even publication all companies right like imagine a clothing brand they do crazy heavy amount of shit here for chinese new year but do you see that anywhere else in their global campaign no they think they still think chinese new year is a regional thing mm. No, Chinese there's Chinese people everywhere in the world. Right, they do Christmas in China, so why not do Exactly. <laughs> so like it's more of a I think it's time now that we have the maturity, you know, not mature, but we do have the maturity in creating quality, you know, like the first phase of like creation was a lot of simulation to other people and look up to western standard point of view and taste and creativity, but now the amount of creative and and creation that we do here or even Chinese overseas is amazing. I I don't know if you know like the designers nowadays like the LVMH awards mm-hmm. like recently um there were three finalists for the award and one of them is a Chinese girl. Mm. You know it's not to be ignored and she did all of this by herself and she she's working really hard at it and she's on every her stuff is on every celebrity you can imagine and she didn't even hire a PR team mm. just all the email goes to her you know so we can't just you can't ignore us anymore you know and you want content here's content you know i'm not going to ask you anymore this is what's good you should know as a creative person you should see the value in this and publish it anyway you know so yeah that was the deal i talked to them and they fully agree they were like yeah we want to post more diverse and globalized content so it's not just china is is korea is is japan is africa is france and everywhere right. you know like it's not like they want to summarize everything and show that id is a global platform we care about anything and everywhere you know so i think that's it and then i can confidently say you know id is one of the only platform that updates and keep this promise mm. every every week we have different region of work it's not just uk it's everywhere versus i see other publication maybe there's one big story and they will publish it mm. so i'm pretty proud of that you know you it really you know it because i'm i wouldn't say i'm super confident but sometimes you just have that that crazy confidence for a minute or so and just ask what you want anyway and see the worst thing is they say no so I'm so I did. I asked them and they agreed and they actually have the same point of view. So let's do that, you know, just ask for it. That's good that ID as a publication or as a media is representing more global content. Yeah. But as you said, this problem or this issue has always existed. Yeah. And I'm sure this is probably even more of an issue like you say in the fashion world. Yes. Would you say that there's like a gatekeeper sort of uh problem meaning that at a certain point somebody from this culture needs to have a position or a seat at the table where they can basically open the door for other people to get in and this whole time before the that table has all been I feel like this non-diverse. is a this is a counterproductive what I'm about to say is pretty counterproductive because I feel like all these decisions like to have a seat at a table and stuff we're we're still not there yet not that we're not ready it's just 
in some aspect we're, we're not ready like not that I'm I honestly I don't say this to mean I'm like this boss ass bitch and I know what I'm doing no I'm just still I'm just that's what I wanted at the moment you know that's what I'm capable of so let me try but you know as other publications I I feel like if I'm arguing for them you know uh, to say um, it's a business you know business comes in there's so many terms and conditions you know like you don't want to rock the boat too much mm. so you know from their point of view is they want to hire someone who represent them you know as a Asian face for China you know like Chinese you know but they also want to f- make sure that this present a person doesn't betray their brand mm. you know if you are a stern very high-end brand and you you have a legacy like you know Hermes you know they, they have a solid legacy that's what's so valuable so if you go in there and mess it up for them or not even change because change is unpredictable what I'm saying is they they worry about what's most valuable to them as their brand identity mm-hmm. and you know if you have someone that has a very strong you know racial or you know that kind of agenda mm-hmm. it's really hard for people to really let you have so much power because mm-hmm. you could you could literally doge and gabbana them mm-hmm. you know like the whole chopstick gate thing mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the chopstick because they don't understand and whatever it just there's so many things that could go wrong and you know now if you look at it in hindsight if you google what happened to doge and gabbana in china let's talk about it right now because i think i'm not a hundred percent clear on what exactly happened and I'm sure there's some listeners who probably may or may not know well, about Well, I think this will be uh, probably get me in trouble but I I remember I don't know 100% what happened like uh, there was a designer and their messages got exposed, right? No, no, like it was like they did a Chinese campaign and then they had the girl eating pizza with chapstick. Okay. So people were really offended here. Like, you don't know, you don't think we know how to eat pizza? Why you gotta mock, like, the chopstick aspect? So mm. that's how people received it here. I don't know what the brand meant to do because it was never talked about. Okay. Uh, or I just didn't catch it, you know? So the people really, really were really upset. And that campaign came out right before their runway show. Like, I think, like, a week within. And the runway show, while they were prepping and it started the trending, they were getting canceled on, on in the internet. And the show was, like, abandoned halfway through. You know, all the stylists and stuff, they walked out. And, you know, the show was, like, they were, like, backstage photo was just, like, stuff everywhere and stuff. And after that, people asked them to apologize, you know, and, and they didn't. They actually were pretty hostile about it you know i don't think i don't know exactly what they said i might be read it but i don't know remember now but they didn't apologize or they did they did apologize they did a video but people didn't just like oh you were insincere and you know how cancel culture is um so they literally got canceled by the public in china like no one buying their stuff anymore and you know so how do you feel about that campaign I felt like they should listen to their division manager more. You know, like whoever they hire in China. I mean, are you personally offended by that though? No. Neither am I. That's the thing. Like to be canceled in China, the things we consider are really just like, what the fuck is that? And what the locals like get offended by is really different. Well, I think that's one aspect about it is uh, maybe we have a different... 
sense when I it comes to this? I think we have a certain tolerance to kind right. of bullshit like this. But uh, also another thing I would say it is is because this is also happening not just in China, but I feel like it's also happening in America. It's yeah. also happening in in a lot of places where it's like the whole woke aspect yeah. of things is just swinging way far, way too far sometimes. Yeah. And people becoming oversensitive and people being triggered by something that I don't really... I think that's the they're most, looking for something to be angry about. Yes, yes. I think that's the trending topic now. I think um, ID definitely, we don't really offend people that much because we're just we're just doing creative stuff. Right, right but now. I don't think D&G was trying to be offensive, right? Like, I don't think that's no brand their... would try to be offensive in their in their campaign in this region. You know, that doesn't it doesn't help them. Yeah, but I, I that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what happened behind the scene. Why did they went go ahead? Did someone try to stop? I don't know. Like, okay, I, so, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Like, right. but that's what happened as a viewer. We were seeing it happen from the other side. Okay. So that's what happened, and I was like, okay, wow. Like, okay, so even more recently. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. Dior. Okay, yeah. So, Dior. F- for those people who don't know, okay. Man, you can get me in so much trouble. Am I? This is not gonna go out uh, that quickly, so. It's It'll not be... even that. It's just I I have my own point of view. But yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay, so for people who don't know, Dior had an exhibit mm-hmm. here in was it in Shanghai? Is in China? Yeah, it's in Shanghai. And um, in this exhibit. They had one part, which was uh, some photos that they mm-hmm. had previously taken years before. 2012. 2012. That's almost a decade ago. Uh, almost almost 10 years ago by China's number one photographer. Female photographer. Female photographer. Yeah. And she's probably in the world one of the top photographers. She's taken pictures of top celebrities from... Anyone you can think of. Yeah, she Rihanna, has, yeah, yeah. Chen Man, yeah. right? Chen Man, yeah. And the photo... The photos were of, well, this very specific photo, mm-hmm. um, but it was actually part of an entire series, right? Yes, yes. Was of a, how can I describe this? A very tradition, dressed in traditional. Minority, Chinese minority, like minority culture-based uh, settings. Yeah, settings and attire. Yes. Yeah. And was holding a, a Dior bag. Yeah. And it got it got misinterpreted in a way that trying to get her canceled. Right. So yeah. I guess the criticisms were that these. It was. I I feel like that whole thing, the cancellation, was aimed towards her personally. We no one tagged us because that um that campaign landed on our uh, cover. Oh. Yeah. It was a big cover for us. In like ten years ago, you mean? Yeah. That, that's why they do the But wing. it wasn't an issue then. That's the thing. You can weaponize anything you want nowadays, um, especially with... Because in 2012, no one knew, even till today, the m- mass majority of Chinese population don't know what ID is. Right. So let's get to the criticism first for those people okay. who don't understand. Okay. Um, you can go online. You can find these pictures probably anywhere. Yeah. The criticism was that the girl in the photo had... Small eyes. Small eyes... Um, it was kind of she. She wasn't who you might think of as like a runway model type yeah. beauty. Yeah. The criticism, I guess, was reinforcing Western beauty standards yeah. of Chinese women. Yeah. And not choosing a model that has 
big eyes, double eyelids, and looks like I don't know Kate Moss or 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 whoever. Yeah. And I and I really didn't get it. Like, first of all, I'm I, I'm obviously I'm not offended by the photos. Secondly, I also feel like this criticism is trying to say that having single eyelids and small eyes is not beautiful. I, I, okay. You know, you know what I mean. Of like, course, I yeah. I there's so many for many of us who a lot of people talk to me about this because they're like, "Are you guys okay?" I'm like, actually, no. Like people, like I said, not the the people who are trying to cancel her is not someone who reads ID. Not, not that I'm saying it's a good thing or bad thing. That's just a fact. Because if they do, they would know the winking and the and the gesture that they do. They did mention like they. Uh, I I read one of the comments or like the taglines and stuff like why why is she making them wink to make their eyes smaller? And then there are people defending. It's like that's ID's thing. Mm. You know, if you look on ID's, um, you know, um, website or look at any ID cover, everyone either do the wink. Or something is covering this eye, you know, as a as a sign of wink. It's not to make their eyes look smaller, and they're they're just trying to defend. Even my, the Western models. Would yeah, every yeah. single person you, you can think of, anybody who's on our cover does the wink. Like starting from like I think the second issue ever, that that it's become our thing. That's what ID is, you know. Like if you turn a. Um, ID logo like vertically, ah, right, that, right. like the round, the I eye, and the D, that, okay, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the smiley face, you know. So that's where that come from. It's not nothing. It's just a our thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think they they I think the purpose is they just trying to cancel her. There's no rationality behind it, and you just latch onto something that it's easy to cancel. Like she's shaming her own people, Ruhua. But I didn't take it that way at all like, I know but you have to understand if for for people who doesn't read ID or don't know uh, Chen Man's body of work and don't understand there's no t- context for them so it's so easy to jump on that hate train and just echo what someone else said you know so I think that's what is not even China it's like cancel culture everywhere they it's so easy to not get context yourself, not get information yourself and just jump on the hate train and just point your hate towards someone, which is brings back to my circle, back to my point. You have a phone, look it up, mm. you know, find information, fact check it first. Does she really shame her own people? Does she do this and do that? Is it really, that's what she meant? It's so easy. It takes about 10 minutes, probably shorter amount of time for you to write the hateful, you know, whatever it is that you're writing to fact check this. So it's not, I feel like it's, uh, we're not affected. I don't think she's, I think she might be a little affected. You know? I mean, the fact that she put out an apology, I thought was, I felt bad for her. Because I know Timan for a long time, because I'm really good friends with her husband. Yeah. Um, before she hit it big yeah. yeah you know we just used to hang out like you know what I mean just like so you know I, I always thought that I was like wow I'm super proud that you know this girl that I knew from for I so would long. like to insert a no here that I will always support her regardless if I agree with her aesthetics or how she conducts her business and stuff there's in the world not just China there's not a lot of top tier female photographers so the fact that she's there I will always support her but you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> but this, okay, so this incident plus the one we talked about, I mean, 
chopstick gate. Let's not call it pizza gate. Then people get confused. Chopstick gate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is actually kind of coming full circle with uh, our conversation here mm-hmm. because we grew up in Western society, and we can also see how now in Western society there's a lot of. Animosity towards China, towards mm-hmm. uh, you know, f- I don't if you want to call it fear or just like opposition or just competition that's driving this bad vibes mm-hmm. between the two cultures. Mm-hmm. And these two examples that we're bringing up here now are like a reaction to that phenomena that's happening in the West, or is it is it just internet cancel culture? Period. I think it's an internet thing. It's definitely. I, I think it's both. It's. Um, I. I think everyone does it for different reasons. I mean, I do sometimes find myself like jumping on some hate train. Not. Not that I participated. It's just like you know. Uh, I can use an example. A few. When COVID first started, not even. Oh my God! This happened in like late 2018. I remember this white woman. Um, in Williamsburg, opened a, a Chinese restaurant. Karen was her name. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, was it like a kanji restaurant, right? No, way before kanji was w- uh, like that was the fourth one right after that okay, one. Okay, okay. It's called Lucky Lee's or something. I don't want to. Guys, don't look it up. Don't you, give you, her the clout. Don't if don't. And you felt it was uh, appropriate she was, misappropriation. No, she was getting canceled really badly on the internet because her statement was like, "We all love Chinese food, but American Chinese food, but it's so greasy and unhealthy for you. So uh, I'm gonna make the good version for you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of you know American." Chinese Americans or whatever Asian American or even other people were like, "How dare you say that? Like, mm-hmm. it's like you you think Chinese food are not healthy? You know, this is just American Chinese food. Right. You know, blah blah blah." And she was getting canceled. Like she she started deleting comments and stuff. I I I was so angry because I was like, "Do we make American food? You know, whatever that is, to healthier." Like, do you, how do you make a hot like, dog? Let me, yeah, let me make what your let me make your traditional food actually better, healthier. As yeah. in, our stuff is dirty and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, like have that underline. So I was like, you know what? I don't think uh, at the end of the day, I don't think she meant it to to say that to because she's one of those. You know, I I do yoga. Oh my god, let me drink. She wasn't latte. trying to be racist or. I think her her attention wasn't really a hundred percent, not purely. Uh, I don't know her, so I, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. I I don't think she meant it in a way to uh, demean you, us like mm-hmm. a Chinese food. I think she's just like, you know those those Pilates, you know, have a water bottle kind of girl. She's just like, I re- eat like vegan or really healthy food. So, and I love this version, like late night Chinese greasy She didn't food. know that she was, that she was offending anybody. Yeah, I don't think she did. I, until, but you know, th- I think where a lot of people have cancel culture problem, like where it fuse and gaslight this thing is, when we point it out to you and you double down, that's when they really want to cancel you. Mm. You know, like if you didn't go know and be like, "Hey, oh my God, I'm so dumb. I'm so sorry. I don't mm-hmm. mean it that way. Let mm-hmm. me explain myself." Mm-hmm. And no, she doubled down. Mm. So that's when people really started gunning for her. And I was really mad. I'm like, 
oh my god, this is just not good, you know. So I feel like to answer your question, to 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 feel like, yes, it's an internet thing, definitely. People are more brave over their keyboard,、mm-hmm. you know, like to talk shit and stuff. And people are, for some reason, looking for something to trigger them or be offended by. Yeah, have some kind of rise in emotion, you know. Like, but I, I also think it's a, it's almost like you know how people say China have a lot of propaganda. So does America. So、mm. any country, we all, they all have propaganda. You think all the Law and Order shows are not propagandas? Come on, wake up, people. Right. You know, like how many Law and Orders, di- like sub different all、uh, SVU, and then you know all of that. All the cop shows in America is that not propaganda? <laughs> of course it is. Come on, wake up. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, all of this has a meaning. But I, I just like to emphasize again: these are all things that you know it's happening, and the less you participate in it, the more time you have for yourself to do something that. You believe in encounter, and as an adult, you have the responsibility to do better things. Like、I、you mean, have to do it better, right?、E- even though this is something that's not good, like virtue signaling or being triggered by something that's really not badly intended、uh, on the internet and cancel culture and all. E- even though these are not good things, I feel like this is something that actually is bigger than. Race is bigger than nationality. Yeah, it's bigger than big, culture. Yeah, yeah. All people are doing this in every country, and everyone is getting canceled. Everyone,、yeah. <laughs> like even think of one name that hasn't been tried. People try to cancel him or her. Them, you know, like you know, everyone. So I'm like at this point where everyone's like, oh, someone's being canceled. I'm like, oh, okay, like just next. Like I don't want to hear it because I feel like nowadays people have a short fuse for understanding. Like you have to understand what that person is talking about. Give them an extra ten to twenty minutes. Listen to what they're saying, and then you'll be like, okay, and stop listening to other comments and like, oh, this person, oh, that's a valid point. I'm gonna follow that logic. Like, have your own logic. Draw your own conclusions, please. Okay, we got kind of negative with a with a, with a couple of yeah, these stories right now. That but, went really south. But I I, I want to bring it back and. Even though it's sort of for the same greater good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to see if we can come up with some examples, maybe more specifically in your industry, whether it's media or whether it's in the fashion industry, where certain trends or something like、uh, what ID is doing to become more global or whatever with the content is actually closing the gap, building a bridge, you know, making people. Actually, understand or be more open-minded to 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 other people that normally they probably wouldn't. Yeah, I f- yeah I think so. There's a lot of things are being done that way. Honestly, I feel I feel like there's more. We're more empowered to do more stuff than ever. Seriously, as Chinese person, and Chinese fashion is really thriving. Oh my god! Like in every kind of there's. Okay, in in fashion, there are a lot of different fashion. You know, street fashion. You know, luxury. You know, youth, young, independent designers, or even, you know, all couture and stuff. Any category you can name, there is at least, at least one or two that are on top of that list. You know, like, and I feel like if a member of your community is working that hard, you should always support them. Stop saying "oh, but"、mm. or this. No, just like how I was talking about Chen Man.、Mm-hmm. 
whatever she's doing or whatever, if you don't like her personally, that's your own feelings, okay? But as a as a person in that industry, you should show support. You know, like, I'm sorry that she had to go through that or whatever, but, you know, just do yours better and also support your local community people, you know? Give more opportunities for up-and-comers. You know, even they lack experience, take them under your wing. Even if age doesn't matter, it's not that, like, experience matter. Like, it, a hair designer or a makeup person who's just dying for a chance to work with someone and they should embrace that you know they should they should give them a chance and even tutor them a little like show them the way you should do this and do that you know oh i like that and just start talking i had a conversation with sam ross the other day samuel ross from a co-wall that brand you know um he does he does a lot of like minimalistic stuff he does like you know, actual gear wear you know like very industrial mm. looking clothing and he's very fast and he i asked him what do you think the miss like the biggest misconception about china is and he was like whoa <laughs> like because a lot of people don't have the balls to ask him that because it might come back a little weird um he said the mis- biggest misconception about china is i did the interviews online you can see it um he said it's the lack of understanding you know, people think China's a certain way from certain other people paint a picture for you. But he's been here many times. And he's like, when I first got here, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe the creativity that the young people are dressing and embracing my brand here. They make it so cool. But when I go back to UK, I almost forgot there is no representation of China mm. in the UK. There's no aspect of it. No one's talking about China in that sense in our community in fashion. So we should just push. You push. Stop waste, wait, waiting for people and just push. There's internet, Instagram. It's all out there. You just push for it, you know? And the pushing actually matters. I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you one example. The other day, you know, you think our little community is so small. It is small. But, you know, we still have a substantial amount of people in it. Um, all the stuff that, you know, we create, there are people talking about it on Xiaohongshu, the a Little Red Book, the booming new app. And there are people talking about Rei Zhou, the, the girl I was telling you about the LVMH stuff, and mm-hmm. because she's so popular. And then more and more that app is getting so much momentum um, all the other overseas brands are like, oh, we need to be on there. So I had a meeting with all the editors across ID to talk, to tell them what, to explain to them what Little, little Red, Red Book, Book is. is. So all the little things that we do that other people get to enjoy translate into a traffic-driven you know, platform that transcend in globally. So that that's what I meant by you have to keep pushing and do what you want to do and it matters. And it's after I had that meeting, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. You know, like. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you asked that designer that question because that's actually a question that I ask every single guest yeah. of this podcast. So, what do you think the biggest misconception of China is? I think the mis- biggest misconception about China is that people don't think we have progressed. There's a certain image in every country that paint over China, especially in America, because mm-hmm. America, you know, they talk about us on TV shows, on whatever, they can make fun of whatever. 
but there's a certain image because you don't get to see what's happening here. So you listen to what people are saying about mm-hmm. it. So even oh, the other day, our friend, you know, Tom. I think right there. Let me stop you. Is uh, the other way around. It's like people hear someone talk about it, so they don't bother going to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not they didn't see, so they go and hear what the news says. It's because the news told them this, so they don't even take yeah they any just extra believe. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just, just believe, believe what they heard. And so sorry, go ahead. But there's another layer to it too. You know, like we were talking about immigrant parents and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, my mom this recently. I had surgery. You saw me like recently, and she still thinks pub, private hospitals are just scamming your money. Cause she hasn't been back for so long, mm. and she actually bought into that whole American bullshit. You know, like China is stuck in certain age and stuff. I'm like, N- no. Do you know how far we have come? Like, mm. do, do you understand the the technical like the technology that we have now and the efficiency that we have here and the the fact that we whatever happens in the West gets landing here within a second. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have our own shit going on too. Right. So we're more enricher that way. Like we're so rich in in com- contents and com- information. Right. So I'm like, I don't understand why people just don't bother to do that. That's the mis. I think, but the, to sum up, I think people really just don't know the progress we have made since like the early '90s. People still think we're in the early '90s. No, man, come here and get your whatever clothing part blown off by our progress. <laughs> like that's crazy. Every time, because I used to work at Intersect, mm-hmm. and then every time a brand person come over and I show them around the city, and they're like, "Oh my God, you live in like Blade Runner." I'm like, "I know, man." <laughs> yeah, like what did you think, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, "I know, man." I right. didn't want to say the other thing. I'm like, "I know, right. I know." Now you know, you know. So. And also, we, I don't want it to be too hostile about it because people just, when I say something negative or put you down, you don't receive it well. Right. So you always, I'm very conscious about being positive, you know, not not as a front and stuff. I think just the more you train yourself to be positive, you just become a positive person, you know. And then I tell people, like, yeah, China, this and that. And they were like, holy shit, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, come through, you know, I'll host you, you know, when you come. And yeah, I think that helps a lot. You know, be be better. Yeah, you know, be better yourself. Is there any fashion trends or things in the industry that are exist here that are different from the West or that exist in the West that don't like? Is there like more differences in there or more similarities? Would you say? I feel like there's more similarities now. You know, because Instagram is so mm. easy, and you know, we talked about the subculture stuff and the the counterculture stuff. You know, it's so in sync globally. I think there's not much difference. That that bridge is shorter and shorter now. Like you don't have to walk as far. Mm. You know, it's closing. The two worlds are merging together through the beautiful side of internet. You right, know? Right, yeah. Right. So, it honestly, I have seen independent brands that upload stuff on Instagram and they get discovered by some other accounts and get blown up. I One of my friends does this. Like, he, it happened to him. He started doing, like, you know, vintage wash of certain, like, piece of clothing and then a, a bigger account saw him and reposted his stuff. He went from having 5,000 followers in a week he has, like, 25,000 followers. And it, that's the thing. And he gets discovered and now he's being interviewed everywhere, you know, and he's coming out with a small caption, uh, cap, uh, capsule line. And it, that's the magic of 
internet. Yeah, and I think uh, young people definitely they know how to use that. Right, well. and I think uh, like sometimes they don't even really care where this designer is from or where this is coming from. Yeah, if it strikes a chord with them or they think it's fresh. Yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? love, I love that aspect of it. Like, yeah, that's so true. You know, all the top designers and you know, fashion-related people now, they they're not being asked, like, oh, what it's like to be a Chinese designer. They they're not being asked that question anymore, which is super refreshing. Mm. They just get asked a generic question: Where's your fucking inspiration right, come from? Right, you know, right, like, right, right. like all of this. You know, I I feel like the the the. This is the progress that we need, and we we have, and we should cherish. You know, the more you do, better yourself, and the less you will be bothered by those things. And people wouldn't even bring it up, even they might think it. Let them do that. We can just, you know, use it well. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we were able to bring it back to a positive <laughs> note. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. It was such a always such a blast to talk to you. Uh, I, I have to keep going. There's another question I meant to okay, ask. Okay. So, lay it on me. I don't know. I don't want this go. Take it back to a negative. Uh, I'll try vibe. to spin it. But okay, your name Chosa. Mm-hmm. Did you ever take on an English name? My dad gave me an English name, but then I felt like it didn't fit. Do I look like a Helen to you? Okay. <laughs> Come on. So even when you're America, you just you didn't really use it. I used it for a little bit when I first got there. I just thought, you know, it'd be easier to blend in,、mm-hmm. you know, and all of that. And then my dad named me Hel- Helen,、mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't like that name, so I put an A behind it. I was like Helena for、uh-huh. a little bit, and then people keep mispronouncing my name because on my passport it's Chozi,、mm-hmm. so they call me Queasy a lot. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't feel like being a symptom, but okay, okay, I know you're calling me. So I was like, maybe I should just say true to myself、mm-hmm. and just shorten it, like the two letter Q and Z, and at least you know it'd be easier for everybody. And it's a cool name, you know. I feel like it's a cool name, Q and Z. You know, come on. So I just embraced it. I was like, not that I gun to make it easier for other people. I just like that's my name. That's my actual name. So let me just use that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, if there's people who want to look for you on socials, where are you on most? Are you on Twitter or in Instagram? No, I don't do Twitter. Twitter is like held embodiment on a fucking <laughs> app. No, I would get so sucked into that.、Um, I'm mostly on Instagram.、Um, yeah, I'm pre- I'm pretty private. Otherwise, I just share a lot of memes.、Um, it's just Q, like the the letter Q and Z, and my last name Z H A N G Zhang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you, Chozu. Thank you. Good talking to you. Once again, would like to thank today's guest, Chozu. We hope you enjoyed this episode of China from All Angles. If you did, do us a favor: hit subscribe, share with a friend, or leave us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. And of course, if you want more content like this, head to RadioChina.com. This podcast could not have been made possible without support from East West Bank, the premier financial bridge between the U.S. and China. East West Bank offers unparalleled financial services for individuals and companies who build connections between the two countries. East West Bank, bridging cultures, bridging opportunities, bridging dreams. For more info, visit eastwestbank.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Radii.